0: Just so you know, the NRA is not the only 2A advocacy out there. The carpro.com talk line is one 800 905 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page, if that is your cup of tea. I want to point out one thing just so everybody understands this, okay? On the text line, if you have something to share, you don't have to agree with me at all to share with me on the text line at all if you go ad hominem you're going to be heading out the door this is a you know the civil discourse will be enforced here at least on you know I I I do not presume to speak for my colleagues here this is this is only my rule this is my rule straight talks rule Civil discourse is fine. I, if you disagree with me and you want to have a, a uh, mutually respective debate about it, call in, text me. Let's, you know. I love that kind of thing. I love trying to change a mind. And if not, I love the perspective. I love it. Love it. If, on the other hand, you're going to come out and uh, you're throwing a bunch of stuff at me and telling me if i don't do this that i'm missing out or i'm censoring or i'm doing this. Uh no, that's that's not what i'm doing. I'm i'm doing a radio show. All of us that do these kind of things, we we spend a little time putting this together. We try not to get too repetitive. We try to keep you engaged. We understand all of these things. We understand and i i, I like to think we know what we're doing. And for that for that reason, when we come out there, when you start throwing a bunch of stuff at us and making the claim that we're censoring you because we're not bringing you, bringing your stuff to the forefront, uh. Well, no, item number one, that's not the case. Two, we're not. I'm not censoring anybody. I'm not censoring anybody. Because, I can't. Only the government can censor you. I I don't... There's nothing in. There's nothing out there that states that I have to entertain anything beyond my own train of thought. But listen, if you want to engage, by all means, I love it. Make a phone call. Send me a text. Email address is bill.frady at uh, 989WORD.com. Send me whatever you like. Engage. We'll engage. I'll engage with you. I'll be happy to engage with you. I'll reply to you. Uh... But at the same time, if you're going to come at me and you're gonna, you, you think you're going to come at me and Maestro and get sort of abusive in some of your stuff, well, no, that's just not going to be tolerated. Just not going to be tolerated. We're both adults. We don't have to sit here and put up with that stuff. We just walk away. Or in in some of your cases, you are forced to walk away. However you like to look at it. Let's talk about the NRA. The NRA is uh, they have been the biggest biggest group out there, and right now they have a bunch of issues. They have a bunch of issues, and the problem is, is, that all the issues that we've been told were, you know, don't believe your lying eyes. This is really the way it is. This, this is the way it must be done. We found out now that the, you know, Wayne LaPierre and his inner circle, Charles Cotton, and all these other guys, uh, Josh Joshua Powell, who was the, who was the, uh, the 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 deep throat of the NRA debacle here, uh, they've all been doing things that they shouldn't have been doing with a five hundred one C. Or actually I think they're a corporation, but whatever it is, they've been misappropriating funds. Now Wayne's gonna to have to pay this money back, and if he's lucky, he just loses his golden parachute. If he's lucky. The NRA as the, the entity as it sits today, one of the things they're trying to do is they're trying to maintain what they have. So they want Charles Cotton to be the new, uh the new executive vice president and CEO. And the problem is, since all of these guys have gotten out there and said, okay, yeah, well, we've done it. We did all that stuff. We did it all. Um, Now that they've admitted that, well, guess what? Letitia James, while she doesn't get to do what she wanted to do, which was dissolve them because she's a power-hungry maniac, but she will get – they're going to put a master in charge of this, and they're going to reconstitute it. Instead of 76 board members, there's probably going to be something along the lines of 25, 24. And the 25 or 24 board members are going to have oversight of – Over the leadership group, which they've not been allowed to exercise at all, all this time. And all of these things they used to do, like uh, filtering the money through Ackerman McQueen. would show up at an NRA show and I would look over there, the NRA TV setup and I'd be like, dear Lord, this is like Fox News. And it was. It was the biggest, biggest, biggest setup I'd ever seen in my life. The most uh, professional thing I'd ever seen in my life. They had streaming cameras that cost more than my entire studio, just the individual ones. And, um, uh, we were supposed to believe that this $42 million a year operation was, uh, being seen by millions, but it wasn't, it wasn't being seen by anybody for the most part. There'd be some people that watched it, but I mean, most of the stuff they were, most of the eyes they were getting were actually on excerpts being shown on YouTube. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't it was actually used as a conduit for money to send money to them and then back into them so that Wayne Lapierre could have his $10,000 suits. And that's criminal. that's criminal appropriation of funds. And a lot of people are out there right now the biggest expenditure they've had since uh, 2016 is 181 or excuse me since between 2018 and 2022, they spent a 181, 181 million dollars on legal fees. So Brewer, their attorney, is making a lot of money. But former NRA director in Kansas, Judge Philip Journey, told uh, a newspaper that the group is a dead man walking. Now, because the the leftist gun grabbers out there and they think NRA was the only thing that ever existed, when I worked for Gun Owners of America, they thought Larry Pratt, who was the executive uh, vice president of them, or the executive director, they thought he was the head of the NRA because Larry showed up everywhere. So they thought he was the president of NRA. NRA became a, a term like Xerox. So that's the entirety of the, the Second Amendment advocacy, and it is not. It is not. So if they managed to rebuild themselves... It's gonna it's gonna take a while. The NRA is not a player right now in this uh, in this election coming up. They're not going to be a player. Um. They don't, and this does not signal doom for the gun rights movement. The legacy of it endures, but there's. So many big players out there now today that have more. I mean, Second Amendment Foundation, which is actually an umbrella of the Citizens Committee for the Right to Keep and Bear Arms, and Second Amendment Foundation and a few other things, they have more members than NRA does now. And they also have 50 lawsuits ongoing right now. Fighting. Fighting. Gun control. And gun ownership is a new thing. In 2019, everybody thought only, what was it, 42% or uh, 42% of the people have guns. But now we know more than half of America owns guns. And there's Second Amendment organizations like the Liberal Gun Club and Pink Pistols and Operation Blazing Sword. The, the, this is the left buying guns. Yeah. They're right alongside gun owners of America, Second Amendment Foundation, Firearm Policy Coalition, and they're stepping in and filling the gap left by the NRA's declining spending on lobbying and political campaigns and litigation. It would be we would be stronger if the NRA reformers managed to right the ship, but uh, and I believe NRA is worth saving, but um, you know they've got to get past this idea that the leadership of NRA is the NRA. It is not. The membership of the NRA is the NRA. Alan Gottlieb told the Washington Post that the strength of the NRA has always been in its members, and that applies to the gun rights community at large. And, you know, if you think, if you think about it, you know, there's, uh, let's say there's between 120, 135 million gun owners on the outside. NRA, at their height, only had 5 million members. They were never the gun rights advocacy by themselves solely. And gun rights are not going to disappear. Gun rights advocacy is not going to disappear, no matter what happens to the NRA. That I promise you. Coming up next, we're going to t- it's time to talk to Dewey Lemons from Dewey's Pawn Shop. This is News Talk nine W WORD. 2 a Tuesday. Let's hit those buttons and put everything back where it was. Let's do that. Joining me now from Dewey's Pawn Shop is Dewey Lemons. Good morning, sir.
1: Good morning, sir. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm <laughs> Other okay. Other than having to talk to me, you doing all right? <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm good. I'm good. good. I'm good. Somebody, somebody sent me a uh, a review of your store at the opening of the show. You want me to read it to you?
1: If it's, if it's good, sure.
0: Hey, Bill, writing now, because when Dewey comes on, I'll be in and out of range. Older son is going out to Bend, Oregon, to surprise my younger son for his 40th birthday, leaving today. He said, let's buy him a nice shotgun from the two of us. Dad, where should I go? Will it, Well, let's go to Dewey's. So he went yesterday and shopped and was knocked out by the selection service. Did you sell a $7,000 shotgun to somebody yesterday?
1: Uh, I sold several, guns that, several shotguns that added to that, probably.
0: Yeah, well, they bought one of them. Very happy with the selection.
1: Yeah, yeah, nice guy. Yeah, he was getting them. I remember he was getting them for his brother and his father. I think that was right. Yeah, yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, that's good. Good deal. I need all the help I can get. I, I, in fact, the reason, the reason, the reason I didn't get here and call in like I was supposed to, I'm looking at another gun collection on the counter out there. Uh, a lady and her son came in and just laid a bunch of guns on the counter. Then he said, "How much you give me for them?" We've been buying a lot, a lot of collections here lately, and that's that's good because that guy yesterday he picked out some really nice, good double barrels and bought them.
0: Yep. The uh, when when people bring you a gun collection, sometimes you find some diamonds in the rough, don't you?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Sometimes there's some good ones. Um, In 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 most cases, people think they're worth way more than what they are. you know, their grandpa, it, it's, it came from their grandpa, and it's real old, and it must be worth lots and lots and lots of money. That's, that's something that we see most of the time. But every once in a while, you know, somebody's right. Like I, I bought a collection of Brownings yesterday that were really, I mean, you know, they, you know, they, everybody tells me their gun's brand new. It's brand new in the box. Brand, well, this guy actually did have brand new ones in the box that had never been put together. You know, I could tell the way they were packed from Browning and everything. Right. Um, so that that was a really good collection we bought yesterday, and and then I had a, had another guy come in today and trade in a um, an anaconda. He wanted to trade in one of those um, forty-four mag colts. He said it was too much for him. He it just weighed too much. He said I never even shot the thing, and it, it didn't look like he had ever shot it. You know, it was in the box and everything. So we we it comes and goes all different ways. Some of them some of them, like the ones out there now. They're they're real rusty and got a. The stock's cracked and it's, it's in real bad shape. But you know, we we see them all—good ones and bad ones.
0: So what what what's catching? So you you went to a show. You went to the Sierra show, Sierra Club show. No,
1: no, I went to Safari Club International.
0: Safari Club, there you go. And yeah, uh, I, went I to saw
1: Safari Club International, and yeah. um, it was in Nashville. Um, this is the second year they've had it in Nashville. It was really good show. I hadn't been in five or six years. I saw a lot of buddies that I've hunted with them. Um, from all over the world um and and, and talked to uh, met met some new people that i might be hunting with someday soon so it, it was a really good show a lot of cool stuff a lot the mounts i mean it's it's worth going just to see all the pretty mounts there there are so many different mounts but um, a lot of my 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 manufacturer dealers were there you know beretta was there i talked to them leica was there um i think leopold was there i didn't talk to them but Fierce was there, Rosini. I mean, a bunch of people I do business with were there also. Is there anything
0: that you want to
1: hunt that you haven't hunted yet? Oh man, yeah. i never killed a mountain lion. I'd love to get a mountain lion. I um, I've been on I've been on a mountain lion hunt and I got real picky and said they wasn't they wasn't big enough. You know, I want one bigger. I want one. Then I didn't see no more, and then that was it. I came home empty handed because I, I got too cocky. But um, well, we I mean, saw some good lines. It was a good hunt. I went with a guy named Wade Lemon out in Utah. And, I mean, we saw three. I think we treed three cats the first day. And um, I said, ooh, this is going to be great. You know, I'm going to get me a big old giant tomcat. Well. You know, the first day was three cats, the second day was two cats, the third day was one cat, and then we didn't see no more after that. And I, right. I I should have shot that last one. It was a big cat, but I just I kept thinking, oh, I'm going to get a bigger one. I'm going to get a bigger one. So what I do you hunt? ended up coming home empty-handed.
0: What do you hunt mountain lion with?
1: I had an old thirty yeah. thirty. I actually had a Winchester thirty thirty made in 1904. Wow. I still got that gun. I'm saving that gun just to shoot me an old mountain line with it.
0: Right. So where do you have to go? Because you told me you can't shoot a mountain lion that doesn't exist in South Carolina.
1: That's right. Yeah, you, Utah's <laughs> got them. Um, they got them in, um, I think Colorado has probably a really big population of them there. I think Idaho has a big population to hunt them. Um, Montana, I'm pretty sure you can hunt them there. Um, British British Columbia, there's there's a lot of big ones come out of British Columbia. So there's, there's a lot of places you can hunt them.
0: In, in some of these places now, some of these uh, like mountain lions, uh, I, I've been as we encroach more and more, and I, I say that just because that's the terminology they're using. As we yes. set things up more and more in their habitat, yep. there you a lot of people are running into them, and they are ambush uh, ambush predators. A lot of that's people are true. just getting yep. cut, killed on runs and on bikes. The hunts are meant to call that number and try to control that kind of thing aren't they
1: oh yeah that's for sure that's that's one good thing about you know hunting a mountain lion um mountain lion's not really i, I take that back i've had people tell me that mountain lion was good to eat that it was good meat but I, I you know i've never experienced myself i've never had it or anything but mountain lion is is or hunted because it's just a challenge they're they're a really smart animal they make a beautiful trophy and if we didn't hunt them they would they you know they wouldn't be scared of man they wouldn't have any you know they wouldn't be scared of you at all I, I, the one guy out in colorado I hunted with this year like I, I think i told you the other day they had two or three mountain lions coming th- work walking through their job site you know they were building a neighborhood Right. they said that two there were two big cats that would walk through just about every other day right through the middle of the neighborhood while they were working and pounding and beating on houses you know they just come walking right through the middle of me said so
0: uh in north carolina i've been hearing about in asheville where they're starting to have some black bear attacks too are are we going to see more of this as we continue to push out and gentrify certain areas and is this going to mean hunting will they change hunting seasons in these states where we we're getting out there and some of these animals start attacking people
1: some states they will increase the days of hunting season, and other states, you know, I mean, like in, you know, you got you got a population in a city that controls one of the worst places of all is is probably British Columbia, where there's two big cities in British Columbia where where probably 70 percent of the people in all British Columbia live in those two big cities, and they got no idea what's happening. Two thousand miles away up in the northern part of British Columbia where people live out and they're, and they're having to run bears away from killing their horses and you know they, they don't have, they have to keep their cattle close all the time because grizzly bears you know bears and stuff like that and, and those, those people are you know I had one buddy he had to, he had to start building fence all around his pastures hay pastures, because there were so many elk. Coming and eating, and, and they wouldn't wow. give him a tag because yeah. because the people in the big city said, "No, no, no, you don't need to be doing hunting. You don't need to be shooting them things, you know." And they're they're tearing his fence down, jumping in his hayfield and eating his hayfield up, and, but he can't do nothing about it. He he only get, he only got like one one tag a year, I think, is all he was allowed.
0: Well, if you're but looking for a gun, everywhere. if
1: you're looking you for, the go go for the gun for the hunting,
0: for the self-defense. Yeah. You need yep. to go. To, you can go to Dewey's Pawn Shop. Of course, he's got such a self-defense selection; it's it's mind-boggling. Hunting, yep. mind-boggling. Revolvers, mind-boggling. Shotguns, mind-boggling. Likewise, at traders on Wade Hampton Boulevard, you're still buying your gun from Dewey. When you do that, he just got a second uh, second location for your convenience.
1: That is true. We we need all the help I get. I can tell you, we we're taking so many guns in now. We got to keep on rolling and keep keep the machine going so we can keep buying them and got to keep selling. If we can't sell them, we'll have to stop buying them.
0: Well, we can't have that. So, anyway. No, no. Plus, we, we still got, to, we we gotta still got to still got to get on the range and make Dewey laugh at me. So, that that's kind of... Oh, yeah. We'll put yeah. that up. When, when we do that, we'll put that up. Anyway, thank you for taking the time to join me this morning, sir. I know you got to hey, go back thank to thank you
1: for having me on. I appreciate you waiting on me.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you. When we get back... Let's talk a little bit about rampage killers and what they aren't. There's some things they are, there's some things they are not. This is News Talk 989WORD. Mass shootings. That's a rampage shootings, active shooter. Uh, all those, all those little terms they've got for you. The uh, carpro.com talk line one eight hundred nine zero five zero nine eight nine. The common sense of time at planning text line is seven one three zero seven. The real school shooting, the the type of the Uvalde, the Sandy Hook, the Columbine, the Virginia Tech. Those kinds of shootings are very rare. But this is the kind of shooting that they try to make you think happens on a regular basis. They'll tell you that there are more mass shootings, active shootings, than there are days in the year per year. But that's simply not true. That's conflating data. See, I go by, even as as, as bad as their reputation is now, I go by FBI data on this, and there's maybe... Of this type, there's maybe nine, which is nine too many, and uh, but at the same time, it's not more than 365, which is the what they're trying to make you believe. They use uh, this idea that this fear that they're trying to gin up in you about your children will make you rise up and let them start banning guns. There's just a, a, a couple of problems with this. They, they, there's a lot of things they omit. <laughs> they omit a few things when they're talking about this stuff, and uh, one of them is that we still have not, we still have not taken a uniform approach to protecting a school. Now, there's going to be some states where they're never going to alarm, allow armed teachers, and I guess it's bad for those states that that's always going to be the way it is. In uh, in in some states, they've adopted something called the Faster Program. This is teachers that are they're 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 armed. They continue they they have continuing education. They're also taught some trauma care. One of these uh, think tanks put together a study, and they found out the best way to protect a school would be to have armed teachers and school resource officers on site. Now, armed teachers, you know, schools nowadays are big sprawling affairs, and the 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 reason to have an armed teacher is that you can have possibly two on each hallway, and if you have communications going on and they know which direction the armed the the uh, the the shooter may be coming from, they can set up what is referred to as a you know a, a, a well it's called a lot of things I would just call it a shooting tunnel because they've got to come down this hallway, and teachers will be at a ninety degree angle to this guy and they'll be protected by this door sill. And if they learn anything about cover or anything, even though they don't have a lot of room to use the cover, they still will be at an advantage, and he will be caught in a crossfire. And if we simply started doing that, we would not have school shootings anymore. We're still going to have shootings in other places. Because, uh, for whatever reason, there's still places that want to be gun-free zones. But there is no such thing as a gun-free zone. There's a, zone, there's a place where there's signs that you, the law-abiding, will pro- you'll try to abide by it because you don't want to break the law. And some people will look at that and say, oh, well, I know where I can go. That's what James Holmes did. James Holmes went looking for a movie theater in Aurora and uh, found one that was a gun-free zone. That's what Adam Lanza did the first school he went to in sandy hook had a school resource officer there these guys are not looking for a gunfight they're looking for a slaughterhouse so ergo you would think okay let's not let's keep this from being a slaughterhouse let's make this uh, let's make this a hard target they don't want a hard target gunfighter you know a gunfighter being introduced into a rampage killing changes it from a rampage killing to a gunfight and the gunfighter is going to win that because he actually knows tactics and how to you know handle a gun and everything this is the, these people that are doing these mass shootings this is them giving their last cry for you know their last cry of anguish or whatever they get out there they become suicidal and they decide to take a bunch of innocent people with them and you know for for some reason it's children and the new thing of course that nobody's talking about with these rampage killers is that a lot of them seem to be transgender. The Uvalde guy, they think he was transgender. We know Audrey Hale was. In Lewiston, that guy went into gun-free zones. So, while they're out there and they're talking about all this nonsense, the the, the common denominators among these things, the gun control, passive defenses that they put in place, they always are going to fail. They are always going to fail. They're never going to be able to ban guns. You can't make guns go away. You can't snap your fingers like uh, in the Marvel Comics universe and everything just goes to dust. They'll always be there. Bad guys are always going to have them. They don't follow the law, right? They're just looking for an easy victim. 8,219 times today, one of you are going to stop a crime with a gun. Today. Today. And every day, 8,219 times. You don't hear about it because most of the time when it happens, they draw the weapon. 82% of the time when somebody has to fight a crime with a gun, they don't have to pull the trigger. Presentation is enough. So the rampage killers, they are not as prolific as they say as they want you to believe they are. Uh, they're not just constrained to one one gender, one sex, one, one demographic. They are a lot of people. They are a lot of people. But 50% of all murders of this type take place within the inner city. 50% of the murderers are black. 50% of the victims are black. 82% of these crimes that occur are about drugs. So unless you're a gang member or unless you're a drug pusher, the likelihood that you're going to get swept up into one of these things that is beyond your control, very unlikely. We do, of course, have all of these illegal immigrants in here, some of which almost certainly are terrorists. And they're going to be looking. That that'll be the next dynamic that we're going to have to face. And this doesn't mean carrying a five-shot revolver and saying that's enough. I mean, you're going to have to think about a loadout with some of these things that might you might might happen right in front of you. Shopping mall is a good place to do it. A uh, venue, or like sports venue, or you know, any sort of thing that Greenville does all this stuff downtown. I mean, lot of things out there. A lot of soft targets available to anybody, anytime, if they wanted to go that way. So. Bear that in mind. When you see all of this, this is all propaganda. This is all designed to make you just scared beyond your belief and get out there and say, oh, please save us, save us. They're trying to do something else to save us. And uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about that because it it appears that these uh, no-meat hamburgers are failing. I know this is a big departure. They're failing, and they've decided to introduce to these things meat. I I, I don't understand it either. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. So, let let me explain something to you about this whole climate emergency thing. Uh, That's all about money and about fewer people on the planet. I don't know why we have to have fewer people on the planet, because I read somewhere one time you could take everybody on the planet and stick them in Texas, and you'd still be able to walk around. I might have misread that. So, if I did, you know. But I saw that somewhere. Um. As this plant based meat market begins to cool down, some startups have turned to a new ingredient plant based meats. You know, they started out as the impossible burger or their corn chicken nugget. And they have a long list of some strange sounding ingredients like pea protein, potato starch, coconut oil, mycoproteins. And, you know, color me cynical. But like, if I go to Red Robin and I look at my fries, and that's the way they, that's what they look like, or my burger, and that's what they are, I'm not exactly sitting back going, "Oh my God, bring it to me now." Plus, then there's this highly processed nature of the average v- veggie burger or faux slice of bacon. But now, a few of them want to add animal fat, so <laughs> they're growing fat in laboratories, and they want to combine it with wheat protein and spices. To make an extra porky form of plant-based bacon, and others are pulling animal byproducts from traditional meat production and blending it. Now, sales are declining, right? And if you look at the, if you look at some of the, let's look at some of the pro, uh, stuff here. Besides water, water, I drink water all the time, but there's pea protein, expeller pressed canola oil, refined coconut oil, rice protein, natural flavors, dried yeast, cocoa butter. Methyl cellulose. That's a synthetic compound created after applying a chemical agent to natural cellulose. (laughs) Yeah. Less than 1% of potato starch, salt, potassium chloride, beet juice color. Why are beets? If beets are the picture of uh, health, why aren't the Russians with all of their borscht? Why aren't they just, you know, just these fine, fine, upstanding looking specimens of humanity? Uh, apple extract, pomegranate concentrate, sunflower le- lecithin, vinegar, lemon juice. Why we have? Uh, th- how is this meat? We have these highly inflammatory, rancid, edging lubricants being peddled by a bunch of Agenda 2030 aligned corporations. Uh, no thanks. Natural flavors like crickets, I guess mealworm powder then there's a pyridoxine hydrochloride the synthetic form of B6 which comes from petroleum ether and formaldehyde and petroleum ether isn't actually an ether it's just been lumped in with the others because of its volatility and flammable properties so they're using oil-based products to make food and this counterfeit B6 will also lead to sensory issues and neurological damage and has been shown to actually inhibit the action of natural B6 in the body. <laughs> the bigger problem came with coronavirus. With the advent of coronavirus, when people started getting up and they, they started looking through big pharma, big food, big government like never before, uh, they started turning away from some of this nonsense. And that's what it is. It's It's nonsense. It's nonsense. I, You know, listen, maybe I'm a bad person. I don't know. I look at the other animals on the planet and I say to myself, mankind has dominion over these because we think. And yes, there's lots of issues that we're going to have to work our way through with many things. And we will work our way through it. We will find other energy sources. But not today. We're going to find food sources, but not today. But in the the interim, the the answer is not to devolve. It's not to regress. And how are they going to make me my veggie burger if they stop drilling for fossil fuel? It probably would not be nearly as tasty as it is now. I want my fossil fuel in my veggie burger. I've never had a veggie burger. Never going to have a veggie burger. I've got somebody that listens to me on Lock and Load that has told me that he could make me one that would be a great, great sandwich. And it might be. But, you know, if I got to get out there and it's if uh, why, why have I got to have apple extract, pomegranate concentrate, sunflower, vinegar, lemon juice concentrate? Uh, why I got to have something that's, you know, made with fossil fuel? How is that better than my My beef burger, my cow burger, no thanks. If I can use this to start a fire, that's not a good ingredient to ingest. I'm sorry. Sorry as I can be. (laughs) I saw that, and that was the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Fossil fuel in my burger, but fossil fuel bad. Anyway, I'll be back in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.